0: Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right into today's message. So we're in this collection of talks around the subject legacies, and I'm going to encourage you, today is part two, I'm going to encourage you to, um, to take notes today, because they say somewhere, I've heard this or saw it somewhere, it's got to be fine print, that, that there will be free ice cream in heaven for those that can show their proof of their notes. Somebody said, oh, wait, yeah, give me that pen and that pencil, let me have it, let me have it. So as we begin preparing for part two of this series, uh, there was a song that I had heard, as these guys in the back are preparing, there's a song that I had heard um, on a movie or a TV series, and then I remember hearing it again uh, as we watched the Ohio State Buckeyes play football uh, last year, and as they came out on the field, I remember they played this song and, um, and, and, and I woke up just the other morning as I was preparing for this. I woke up and that song was in my head. And I was like, so I had to go find it because I'd never really listened to it. I just, I just popped in my head. And so I went and found it. And as it started playing and I started listening to the lyrics, I was like, that's it. That's it. That's it. it! Somebody said, what song? I'm so glad you asked. Roll it, DJ. All right, now, all right, that, that'll get you crunk right there. Maybe that should be your theme song in the morning. Every day you get up, man, you play that. That'll get your juices flowing. Come on. When the coffee pot breaks and you need something to get you through Monday, you hit that song, Legends Are Made. And, 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 and so, so, so I know it's kind of hard to hear the lyrics, so I'm going to give you just a few of them. It says, I've got that lightning inside me, son of a God. Stop. How many knows that the Bible says and this is not a Christian song, by the way but the Bible says that Jesus is the Son of God." Yes? He said, "I've got that lightning inside me." Jesus, when He walked the Earth, he said, "I am the light of the world." So I've got that lightning inside me, and I'm like a titan that's rising not just to watch. I'm stepping into fate. There is no time to waste. I've got that lightning inside me. This is how legends are made. Now, I know, I know, I know. Back in Bible school, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That's cute, right? But today, I need more than a little flashlight. I need more than a lamp. Baby, I need some lightning. Because I'm not trying to disrespect those things because I love that, that air and that time of my life. But what you need to understand is I need more than just a little, little, just a little, I need something that's got some power. I got that lightning inside me. Somebody say, you'll make anything preach. Then there was another verse that you didn't get. Let me read this to you. It says, I'm cranking up the throttle. Victory is mine. Now, where have you heard that before? victory is mine show you the harder the battle the harder I fight I've come too far to quit step back I'm going in I'm cranking up the throttle this is how legends are made I want to speak to you today for the next 25 minutes from this title very simple message simply this where legacies are made where legacies are made there it is where legacies are made everybody say legacy How many glad you came to church today? How many are already writing down, trying to, I got to look up that song, uh, Legends, where legends are made. I'm telling you, it will rock you. So I want to ask you this question this morning. What from your life will be left after you're gone? Talking about legacies, I almost said legends. There's only one true legend and his name was Jesus Christ. But we carry his legacy, Amen. <laughs> legacy carrier. So what from your life will be left after you're gone? Or you can ask it this way. How will you be remembered? What will be remembered by you? Amen. There are people at your job place that remember. If, you, if someone was to stop them on the street right now while you're in church, and they were to say, what do you remember about, about Brent slaughter? And they're gonna, the first thing that's going to pop in their mind is something from last week. Brent's like, oh, no. (laughs) What if I'd have called your name? You're living your legacy. I like this. I said this two weeks ago. You're building your, your legacy portfolio with every breath. Every word you speak, you're building because a lot of times we say, we say legacy and we're thinking about the money um, and, and those, those things are proper and in an order. I learned a lot through the passing of my parents and things, how things should be put in order because I just believe chaos is of the devil. <laughs> and if you ever, ever walked through and went through, which are our attorneys and all of that because you have to get them involved when you don't. Put a name on everything, and you gotta, You got to do all that stuff. And I, and I actually told our attorney uh, for our family that we were going to do classes uh, here for our people to understand the importance of life insurance policies and, and putting a name. And I'm not trying to get in your, in your business, but I'm just telling you, families should not have to go through um, some of the trauma. that, that I mean, the, the, the loss of a loved one is trauma enough, but to have to, 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 to clean out and go through and all those things, it's, it's just great when you put your house in order. Amen. Put your house in order. Amen? Amen? And our attorney actually told us, me, Josh, and Brittany, that, um, that we were the easiest she's ever done. Like, there was no bickering or arguing because that's not what our family's about. There was nobody, well, that's mine, and, and we didn't do none of that. And she was, like, she was like, that's the easiest wrap-up I've ever been a part of. And I just believe that's how God wants it to be. Because how many knows the enemy will try to get into family? And bless God, they're already gone. My parents, they're gone to heaven. But how many knows the enemy will still try to use the remains of what's left to cause havoc in what was once held together? Don't be fooled. The devil is crafty. Okay, so what kind of a gift or blessing are you going to leave behind for those who knew you? And again, I'm not talking about monetary. What kind of a gift, blessing, or memory are you going to leave behind for those that knew you? I don't know about you, but long after I'm gone, I want to be remembered by somebody who added value to the relationships that I was invested in. And I use those words very um, precisely on purpose. I want to be remembered as somebody who added value, didn't take away value, but I added value to the relationships that I was a part of while I was alive. I want to be remembered as someone who brought something positive to the table. I want to be remembered as somebody who brought light into every room that I walked into. Amen. Let's scratch that. I want to be remembered as somebody who brought the thunder, thunder, th- th- thunder, and the lightning. I want to be remembered as somebody who walked in the room and devils shook. Amen. Because not because of who I am or who my, my earthly dad was, Coach Dennis Weber, Doctor Weber, whatever you want to call him. It, I want to be remembered that because of something that I carried shifted atmospheres and shifted things in families and the lives of people because I, I chose to be surrendered because I wanted to make an impact in people's lives. Amen. Anybody else want their life to outlive them? Yes. Amen. The quickest way to be forgotten is to not do anything while you're here. Come on, brother. Come on. Amen. Amen. The easiest way to be forgotten is to not do anything while you're here. Something that I'm learning through this message series is, and and I've been encouraged by, as I've been studying God's word, is understanding that legacies were meant to be simple. Write that down, because I don't think that's on the screen. Legacies are meant to be simple. Now, listen, I'm not saying that legacies were meant to be easy, but leaving a legacy was intended to be simple, because Jesus already did the hard work. Every, every sickness, every problem, every heart, he took all of that on. Yes, he did. On your worst day, when you've been hurt, either physically or emotionally, all of that hurt that you captured, imagine he took on all of that for everybody that was alive then, everybody that's alive today, and everybody that'll be alive as long as Jesus tarries. He took all that hurt on. Amen. So so legacies were meant to be simple. All you got to do is surrender. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. Not hold on to. Freely give. Amen? Amen. So how do I start preparing and building something great that can be remembered about me? So glad you asked. Let's go to the book of John, chapter 5. Y'all good? Now, John chapter 5, this is an interesting story that I believe um, is going to help us lay some foundation for what it looks like to build a legacy and where, to answer the question, where legacies are made. We're going to answer that question. I'm going I'm to be up front with you that most people don't read this story in John chapter 5, and, and as some of you have already kind of scouted through it, um, it's, it's not a story that most people would read through the lens of legacy. Okay? It's more of a healing um, type message, but we're going to look at and unpack the details of this story and see how it relates to you and I and some of the things that may be keeping you and I from living a life full of purpose and legacy. John chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. And I'm gonna, we're going to break this down. I'm not going to go all the way through. It's just going to be verses, I think, 5 through 9. So we're just going to work through this together. It says this afterward. Everybody say afterward. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays, holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Beth- Bethesda, which, uh, w- which had five covered porches. So if you look, there's, a, there's this pool, and then there's, there's, five covered, there's these five covered porches around it. Now, you... Y- you don't see this a lot, but then through through um, uh, research and his, historians, that they say this particular pool that as it as it begins to bubble, that if you'll put people who are sick in it, they'll be made whole, they'll be healed. Okay, so just kind of picture what's going on here. This is not a this is not your your pool with your sunbathing decks. Okay, this is where people are laying not not because they have a ch- not because they have a choice, but because they don't have a choice. Okay. And so verse 3 says, crowds of sick people, the, 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 the covered porches were full of crowds of sick people. They were blind, lame, or paralyzed, and they were laying on the porches. Now, I think it's interesting and important to point out that anytime Jesus has an interaction with people, most of the time, it's a foreshadowing of what he's intending to do in the spirit realm. Okay? So, so, so if Jesus met someone who was physically, had a physical infirmity, we could associate it with somebody who may have a spiritual infirmity. Instead of being physically sick, they were spiritually sick. And many of our churches in America are filled with spiritually sick, blind, lame, and paralyzed Christians. And so, so, so when we see this, that Jesus is meeting someone, we could associate it with a spiritual infirmity that we might have that he wants to deliver you and I from. And as Jesus arrives at the pool of Beth- Bethesda, that word is not going to trip me up today, he sees a crowd of blind people, lame people, and paralyzed people. And for us, we can associate this story to people who are spiritually blind, people who are spiritually lame, and people who may be spiritually paralyzed, or incapable of moving forward in the direction that God has for their life. So as we continue reading, and we can relate it to leaving uh, a great legacy, remember, we're going to read this through through the lens of of legacy, and I think if we're to be honest, we would agree as we read this that there's probably a lot that we have in common with the blind, the lame, and, and the paralyzed that's at the pool that day. Now, we don't know the names of all of these individuals, but what we do know is their ailment. How many knows that if someone was to say, maybe not you, but, but I've, I've seen this in, in typical situations where people go, hey, tell me about your parents. Tell me about your dad. Not to me, but I've heard, I've stood by and watched. Well, my dad was an alcoholic. My dad beat my mom. Again, I'm not talking about my father, okay? And so... It's a legacy that was left in the impressionable mind of a child. Are you following me? But that legacy then sometimes can be passed down to the next generation. Well, I'm this way because my father was this way. Or I'm this way, and I'm not talking about genetics. I'm talking about it's only thing that was modeled for you. My father didn't love me. My mom didn't care for me. My father didn't wrap his arms around me. Stop judging your parents and think. take it on back and go, were they, was that actually modeled for them? It's a legacy. But I'm here today to tell you in the whole, the, the, the bottom, the underlining uh, current that, that is in this, this brief message is this. Whatever legacy that has been left to you, through your choices, you can change that legacy. Through your own choices of jacked up stuff. Anybody else? Am I going to be the only Christian here that's going to... That, that still, I, still I still have moments. Anybody got an attitude? Anybody cocked an attitude in the past seven days? That should be everybody in here. Especially if you're married. Especially if you're a student or teenager. make my bed when I feel like it well you better feel like it in somebody else's house because as long as you up in this house there's a set of rules and number one you don't slam that door I'll take that door off the hinge (laughs) and she's recording it (laughs) I'm just kidding that was not Ansley I'm just I'm just saying what was modeled for you is sometimes passed down but through your choices you can change your legacy through the choices you made that were disastrous and traumatic things that you did because you wanted to have your way, you can now make a new choice and make a new change Amen. and create a new legacy. Amen. Amen. I don't want re- I, I to be remembered by all the negative, tough seasons that, of my life that I went through. Amen. Amy and I, were, we had a, a date night uh, yesterday. Uh, the day before and, and in the car we were we were just talking about some things of our past and and, and it was like, oh my gosh there was I mean this is like before she and I were even together and, and 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 both of us were like we're not those same people And I can't imagine being remembered by the stupid Bradley Wayne Weber from back in the day I had to make a choice that I was going to change what people remember about me Oh, you leave a legacy you keep living a jacked-up life. They'll keep talking about you They'll keep talking. And then even when you try to change, they'll still be talking. They'll be trying to hold you back down to all the stupid choices that you made. Daddy, always, daddy, daddy. My dad always told me, you outlive the lie. I don't fight with them. I don't argue with them. I don't, it, it, I don't give them any energy back to try. Because God, he, he's, he, he already took care of it. It's under the blood. Got too many Christians trying. Well, let's talk about what you used to do. Let's let's talk they they dumpster divers. Y'all remember dumpster divers back in the day? They they want to go and pick up all your bad issues. And I don't know about you, but trash stinks after a while. So leave it in there. Amen. 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 That could go both ways. Some of y'all like, yep, they picking up my trash. Stop picking up theirs. And a lot of times when somebody comes to our trash can, I, I, I should have had, some, I had some, some props up here today. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I should have had some props, some trash can stuff with some nasty, stinky trash. Because what happens is people start digging in our trash, and we want to run over to theirs and start knocking over their stuff. Well, let's talk about you. How many are going to be strong strong enough of a Christian to go, I see your trash, but I'm not looking at it. I'm not going to talk about it. Be a legacy maker by changing. They're expecting you to get in the ring and want to duke it out. I don't know who this is for, but listen to me. He wants, the enemy wants you, he wants, he wants to, he knows the buttons to push. All you married people, you understand that lingo? You push my buttons? The enemy, you think your spouse knows how to push them? The enemy knows how to push your buttons, and he knows how to get you to respond to somebody else's attack. I'm going to move on. But I don't want to be remembered by all the stuff B did a long time ago. Because if we're not careful... What will live on after us will be the one thing that we never allowed God to heal in our lives. Did you, follow, did you hear me? Maybe you were taken advantage of as a younger person, physically, emotionally, I don't know. And that became your legacy because you're carrying it. And you'll be remembered by the one thing that you didn't allow God to heal in, heal in your life or bring healing in your life. John five five. Let's keep moving. So we're there. We're at the pool of Bethesda. There's a crowds of people on some porches. They're blind, lame, and paralyzed. One of the men lying there, verse five, had been sick for thirty-eight years. Thirty—that's a long time. Anybody thirty-eight in here? Anybody thirty-eight? Thirty. Colbu Col thirty-eight. You've been living a long time, man. Yeah, I got it too. Thirty-eight years he was sick. When Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a very long time. So he asked him, would you like to be made well? So Jesus knew exactly what was, he was asking the man. That sounds dumb. You, gotta, you got somebody who there that's lame, paralyzed, or whatever, and you're, you're going to ask, hey, man, do you want to stay like that? That's a dumb question. But Jesus knew exact. It sounds like a dumb question. But Jesus was trying to get to an inner question. And because, of course, this guy wanted to get well. And I think the real question that Jesus was asking was, I know you've been trying for a long time. Do you still have hope enough to change? And I've preached this differently before where, where he asked, because a lot of times when people are paralyzed, they have a hard time letting go of what they were always remembered by because that's all they've known. They like their their infirmity because it brings them attention. I've preached that before. But in this instance, he was saying, I know you've been trying for a long time. You've been brought here 38 years. You've been told if you'll get in the water, you can be made whole. Do you still have hope? And I ask you the same question today. Do you still have hope that for the things that you've gone through or what you may be going through right now can change before it becomes a part of your, your legacy? Do you still have hope out of everyone who listens to this message later, either today or at a later date, there are people whose lives have been consumed with addictions to pornography, alcohol, prescription drugs, spending or an unhealthy drive just to be successful? Notice I said, unhealthy. God put us. Put in us the desire to be successful, but you can also have an unhealthy desire when you're willing to cut and stab people in the back to elevate yourself. Get off me. I needed you to get to where I'm at now, but we can't be together no more. Y'all know anybody like that? And if I was to ask you the same question, do you want to be made well? Listen, do you want to be made well? Every single one of us have gone through something a disappointment, an addiction. I don't know. But do you, do you still have hope? Listen, church, do you still have hope that things can change? Your marriage can change. Pastor B, we've been trying, but it just doesn't seem to work. I'm here today to tell you, it can change. Don't go to an attorney's office and sign some documents that are then going to then gonna leave a legacy for your kids. Listen there is even though there are, there are things and stipulations for divorce biblically I understand that but I'm here today to tell you as a product of it myself there is absolutely nothing that is beyond repair I don't care if it's adultery I know I understand what the word says but I'm telling you there is absolutely nothing and I'm not again I've been divorced okay so don't feel like I'm I brought I brought the hammer But there is absolutely nothing that is beyond repair. Because if that's the case, then the cross wasn't powerful enough, and you're crazy for thinking it. And churches that would tell you that? God have mercy. The cross and the blood is enough. But it does take two people to surrender. Their will and their way, and say, "God, you, we want your will, and we want it to be done your way. And it can be made whole. It can't, it can. It's not over.. And for those of you that have been divorced or remarried, again, Amy and I both, we've been there. So I, no, then you just take where you are today and you move forward, because the enemy, even in that moment, the enemy will say, "Make you feel like you're unworthy, you're not unworthy. You're still making strides to, to be a follower of Jesus. And your legacy can change. Man, I feel him up in this place today. If you don't feel nothing, you ain't close enough to the fire. Do you want to be well? Release City Church, I'm wondering as you look around all that's going on around you in situations that you have faced or you're currently facing, is God actually wanting to change something inside of you rather than clean up the circumstances around you? Did you hear what I just said? Amen. Could it be that God, instead of cleaning up your circumstances, God is wanting to clean up something in, in you, on, in you? That's where, that's, the, that's the underlining current of this question Man, do you want to be made well? There's something that he was trying to do or prepare. How many knows that God asks a question already knowing the answer, but he also already knows what what he wants to do. He just needs to know, will you admit it? What is God trying to do in your life right now? God wants to address not what's happening to you, but what's happening in you. John 5, 7. After, he, after Jesus asked the man, would you like to get well? Verse 7, I can't, sir, the man said, for I have, I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. Basically, the guy is saying, I've tried. I know how to be made well. I know that I've got to get in there, but I just can't. Have you ever been there before? Ever been in a situation like that before? You know how to break the addiction, but you just can't. You know how to change your marriage. It just doesn't seem to work. I'm trying to get to, to get into God's word, Pastor B, but I just can't. I, I know I'm supposed to be tithing, but dear Lord, I just can't. I know I should be pray more, but I can't. I want to leave a great legacy, but I can't. This guy goes, I know how to get well. I just can't. So I think Jesus finds this man in the middle of this situation and he says, do you want to be made well? And the guy's like, I'm trying. And maybe you're here today and you're screaming out from the inside. I'm trying. I'm trying to save my marriage. I'm trying to forgive that person. I'm trying to get debt free. I'm trying to restore the uh, relationships and things with a family member. God, I'm trying. I think in that moment, this guy was being very transparent and very open and very real with Jesus. He's like, I'm trying. I wonder who here today is listening to this message. And you've got some spiritual dysfunctions and you're sitting here in this room or listening through Facebook Live or podcast in the presence of God, yet you're not fully grasping that God can restore it all. Whatever has been broken in your life, God can restore it all. Do you understand that you are not just sitting in a typical church service? This is not a typical building that you would see as a church. And I'm not your typical pastor. And we're not just going through some Sunday ritual. Do you know what the worship that we sing every Sunday is about? Do you know who the message is about? And do you know who this church is pointing people to? If you really knew there's no way that you could walk out of here like the man and said, I'm here, but nobody will help me. Listen, if you really grasped what was going on in this room, you would say, I have everything I need in Jesus. And I'm surrounded by a family that will help me get to where I need to be. If, we don't have, if we're not doing anything else right in this ministry, I, yes, I know we're pointing people to Jesus, but if we're not doing all the, checking all the other boxes, the one thing we're doing is we're saying we are family. We are family. All my brothers and sisters with me. I don't even know if that's the lyrics, but it, it felt good. The one thing we're doing right is we, we have a family environment. And I'm here today to tell you, no matter what your legacy you've been left with, no matter the choices that you've made up until this moment that have been attached and and put in your your, your, your legacy portfolio, I'm here today to tell you that that thing can change. Mm. Look what happens in verse 8. Jesus told him, stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. This is after he just said, I know what I need to do. I know how I, what, I need, what needs to happen for me to get, but I need somebody to put me in the water. And he said, there's not been anybody. That might have been the true, tr- true case five minutes ago, but now he's, he is face-to-face with the one person that can change it all. And listen to me, you're in the presence of the one person, not a pastor, not a pastor, You're in the presence of the one person who can change everything that has gone wrong in your life. And his name is Jesus Christ. He said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. Notice he did not say, He got up trying. I'm, I'm I'm trying you No, know, it just said he got up if I'm in a seated position and you tell me to stand up I'm gonna stand up but if I've been laying laying and I know that in my mind when nobody else was around I've tried to get up I can't imagine how many times this this young man when when he knew he needed somebody to help get him there and everybody else was worried about themselves may we never be that church that people come in and go, they didn't love me? They didn't speak to me? May that never happen here? I wonder how many times he was trying to nudge himself to, to see, can I get there on my own? So then when Jesus says, stand up, can you imagine the doubt that went through his... Because, I mean, if it was me and I had been that way for 38 years, I'm trying, I'm trying. He said, it, I'm trying. I just can't. Can you imagine what he was feeling, the doubt? I hear you saying, just stand up, but... I've already tried that. So there's people in here today, under the sound of my voice, you've tried. On your own. But again, you're in the presence of God who is the one who is telling you, stand up. Move. Get up. See, notice Jesus' instructions. Jesus told him, stand up, which basically meant, trust me. Jesus did not tell the guy, give me your hand and I'll help you. He said, no, get up. That leads me to my first point. I've only got three. This is the first one. Y'all like, I I was wondering where they were. Here they are. See, I had to prepare your heart. with with, I had had to do a little landscaping. So now that when the seed gets deposited, it goes in. Point number one, great legacies are made. How do you make, How do? How, where are legacies made? Great legacies are made in the risk. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? All the other people, they know him. We'll call him Fred. I don't know if his name was Fred or not. They knew Fred. He'd been that way. And then to hear Jesus say, stand up, that would have been a risk. Because it could flop. So great legacies are made in the risk. You want to leave a great legacy, you're going to have to take a risk. Think about Abraham. God told him, leave your native country, leave your relatives, leave what's familiar to you, and take a risk. God promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations, gave him a son long into his years, and then said, I need you to sacrifice that son. He gathered up the wood, brought his boy. Daddy, who's going to... who, 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 where's the, who's the sacrifice? Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide the lamb. But in his mind, he, he wasn't some super... He's an old man. Abraham. Abram. It would have been a risk because he hurt something. But what if God wouldn't have provided? It was a risk. You want to leave a great legacy? You got to be willing to take a risk. Listen, we don't like risk. We like comfort. Hello? We hate change, but the life that God is calling us into is risk. God is asking us to go, to go, to let go of control, to follow his call. Church, you can have control or you can have faith, but you can't have both. Here's this guy laying on the ground, and in the moment he's faced with the decision, will I trust what this man has instructed? Why is this so important? Because it is in trusting, not the trying, that you will begin to build a great legacy. He just did it. Where are great legacies made? Number two, great legacies are made in trusting God. They're made in the risk, and they're made in trusting God. Here's this man laying on the ground when Jesus comes over to him and says, get up. What do we do? What do we do with that? He said, come on, get up. You can be free. You can change your legacy. You can get out of an addiction. Listen to me, church. You can get out of an addiction and walk into the calling that supersedes anything you could ever imagine. You can walk in power and authority in your life. You do not have to walk around feeling defeated. And stop Entertaining the naysayers. Continue to walk in what God has called you to do. Somebody yell out, "Quit trying! Quit trying. Jump!" Say it again, "Quit trying! Quit trying. Jump. Jump!" Some of y'all are like, where'd that come from? It came from Franklin, North Carolina, at what they called LBJ. Uh, 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 it was LBJ Job Court. It was London B. Johnson Job Court. Uh, it was a place in Franklin where we lived at the time before we moved here. I was 10 years old. And they had this huge um, man-made lake kind of deal. And and everybody from town would come and we'd uh, 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 swim. When I was a kid, and Dad would take the youth group there. I wasn't obviously old enough to be in the youth group because I was only 10. But because Dad was the youth pastor, I got in. So anyway, they had this huge, tall... Y'all know, y'all remember when Fanning Springs used to have that big, that big jump? This was like two, three times like that. And I'm, I'm 10. I'm just a little big dude. I mean, I'm still little now, but I was real little. And, and dad would put me up there and walk and, and just, and just leave me out there. And everybody down, and you got a long line of people who want to jump, right? They want you to get out the way, little boy, so we can jump. And everybody's jump, jump, jump. And I'm like. And I remember locking eyes with this one dude in dad's youth group. He was always there for me. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, but I can see him. And he's like, jump. And I'm like, I'm trying. And I'll never forget. He's stuck with me to this day. He said, quit trying and jump. True story. Quit trying and just do it. That's a word for somebody today. Quit trying and just go do it. You don't need anybody else's approval. All you need is his. I came today to tell somebody to quit trying and start trusting. You're never going to build a great legacy through trying. So where, where are legacies made? They're made in... Yes, they're made in the risk and they're made in trusting. But number three, great legacies are made in the jump. If you don't jump, you cannot build a great legacy. If you don't jump, you don't have a story to tell. If you don't jump, somebody isn't gonna be left with a memory, a great memory of you. Jump. I said, wow, that's, I don't know. Listen, in 2014, Bradley, Amy, and, and Ansley Grace and Taryn at the time, because Caitlin was in Alabama. We moved back to Chiefland. I'll tell you, when I moved away in 1993 after graduation, I said, ain't nothing there for me. I ain't going back. Y'all know the story how God led us back here. And financially, we just didn't know how it was going to work. Because Amy, I mean, we both worked in corporate America. Both had good-paying jobs. We'd both had been uh, uh, working at, the, at, the, at Intercall for over ten years, twenty years between us. Great benefits, and to come down here, and I would be stripped of all my benefits. The no benefits. And Amy was going to take a twenty. 000, I think it was twenty, if not more, twenty thousand dollars pay cut. I remember her hanging up the phone on our way back to, 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 to uh, Georgia, where we lived, after her interview. And the lady called, and she got, she got offered jobs at two different schools. We were just here for Thanksgiving. They found out and said, hey, let's hook it up. And she hung up, and I, I laughed. I was like, we might as well change that, take the house off the mark in Georgia. That will never work. Amen. We've been here for almost eight years. Hallelujah. We took a risk. Amen. There's, listen, when you're a pastor, there's no guarantee. There is no guarantee. Amen, we took a risk. And we trusted God. And we jumped. Amen. So I'm not telling you to do something that our family has not done. But I can, I, can, I can promise you, we are better as a family. We're stronger than we ever were in Georgia with solid jobs. Amen, brother. And when I left Intercall, then I was on staff at a church, had been there for over 10 years through the course of me being an intercall and, and being a pastor and then I went full time as the executive pastor and worship leader Amen. We I didn't move down here to be the lead pastor of a church I came to support the vision Amen. what are you doing now you're the lead pastor maybe but I'm still supporting the vision Amen. that's all I'm doing Amen. I'm carrying a legacy not Dennis's not my dad I'm carrying his legacy Come on, brother. so that all everyone will know In closing, I think I gave you enough. I'm seven minutes over. That's probably the one thing I am about a traditional pastor. Most pastors have five closings. I'm on number one. Got four more. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you're here today, listen to me. Let your ears tune in. If you're here today and you know God has been asking you to do something but you've just been unwilling or too scared, I want to pray for you today that God would build your faith to say yes. If you're here today and you're a Christian and you just feel distant or disconnected and maybe you don't feel like God is tugging or leading you towards anything right now and you don't even feel like God is speaking to you, let me tell you something. God has been speaking. If you've been listening with your spiritual ears today, God is speaking to every person in this room. Even to me. Even though I already prepared this, He is still speaking through His Word today. I want to pray for you. That God would speak louder and more clearly than He ever has before in your life. And that you would find something in this season that you're in to tackle something new that is going to make an impact and a difference in someone's life. And lastly... There's somebody here today, and your first step in trusting Jesus is going to be asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life. It's saying, God, would you lead me, guide me, and be my king? I'm tired of trying to do life my own way. I want to begin to trust you and to do life your way. If that's you, I want to pray for you because the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. And if you believe that Jesus died on the cross and then he rose again on the third day, that's it believe and confess you shall be saved listen it is time to stop trying and start trusting god it's time to jump it's time to jump so father this morning i thank you for your word i thank you for the power of your word I think that your word has the power to not return to us void but that if we will pick it up and live it out god our legacies can change Amen. Yes. and god if there's anybody here today that says i i just i just i have tried and I, I i i just don't know what I, i've tried i've tried i tried god i'm trying i'm trying Keep trying. Matter of fact, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. So, Father, I lift up that person or persons that listening to my voice. God, that you would so supercharge and empower them, encourage their faith. May their faith rise up big in this moment, God. Whatever it is, whatever you, whatever you're calling them to do, God, just, just that they'll just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Stop trying. Just do it. God, if for that person that is here today that says, I, I don't feel like he's really, I just feel distant. I feel disconnected. I don't, I don't really feel like he's leading me anywhere. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that they would, you would instill in them a vision and a purpose for their life. God, it's there. It's already there. But God, may, may they position themselves to hear from you and see that vision, see it, and then go do it. And Father, for that person that is here right now that's saying, I want to make God, I want to make him my Lord. I want to make him my Savior. I'm tired of doing it my own way. If that's you, shoot your hand up right now. If that's you, I need to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. I need to know that if I was to die in the next five minutes, that I would wake up in heaven. The Bible says to be absent from the body means to be present with the Lord. Make no mistake about it. My grandmother said it this way on her dying bed. I've got it saved in my phone. She said, Dad, we were all around her bed. And she said, we were talking about the transition. And she said, I just look at it like I'm going from one room to the next. And my friend, if you're here today and you say, I don't know that there's another room prepared for me. Oh, yes, there is. There's actually two. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's a place called hell. It wasn't prepared for you. It was prepared for those, the uh, the devil and all of the other angels. Angels, they're demons today, but they were angels who got duped in to believe in a lie. Come on, brother. Yes, yes. And if you don't know him, When he returns or your time clock is done, hell is your home. And that sounds rough. Well, but God God sent his only, only son. He took a risk. He trusted the power of the cross. And he jumped out of eternity and into time. And he hung on a cross. So in this moment, my friends, you can be made whole. And the hole that is in your soul that you're trying to fill it with all of this stuff. Approval and addictions and all this stuff. He's like, I'll fill that hole. If that's you and you say, I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior right now. Pastor B, will you pray for me? Shoot your right hand up just as fast as you can. I'm done. Two minutes. I'm done. I'm done. Hands all over this room. Father, I lift up my brothers and my sisters, God, and these young people to you, Jesus. Repeat this prayer, all of us loud and clearly. Oh, God. Come on, everybody. Oh, God. I come before you now, confessing I'm a sinner. Up until this moment, I've done it my way. Now, I surrender to you. Be my Lord, be my my Savior be my deliverer be my lord in Jesus name listen if you prayed that prayer for the very first time the bible says you are a new creation from this moment on whatever has happened your new legacy portfolio is being built and created somebody said what's my next step Find a church that points you to Jesus and teaches you how to be a a follower of Jesus. This is a pretty good church right here. But you don't have to stay here. And then your next step, on the... In a couple weeks, 31st, we're going to have a baptismal service. We're going to have a pool party. And it's, a, it's just an outward expression of what God did in this moment on the inside. He always works from the inside out. He's not trying to get you to put that beer down, sir. He's not trying to get you to lay down that pornography, young, young man, young student. He's saying, let me get to your heart. Let me change you from the inside out. Then we'll talk about prior, levels of priority. Then we'll talk about that stuff. Because it's an everyday thing. I encourage you whether you prayed it for the first time or you made it a second rededication decision today, hit that that clipboard on the way out with your name. I want to be baptized. I want the world to know that on this day, my life was forever changed and my legacy is now in a new direction. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody give up, get up on your feet and give Jesus Christ a praise offering. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He's a great God. He's a great God. He's a great God. He's a great God. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time,